Marcheseau slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back to Donov in the middle. He shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millar and Ryan Wallace. That was one heck of a month of March for Evgeny Dodonov as uh, he scores the big goal against the Chicago Blackhawks and had himself a, a nice little run dealing with all the uh, noise around him. And at the end of the day, uh, Dodonov is uh, one of those players that uh, is on a roll right now, uh, hoping that Jonathan Marchessault can continue to pile up the points and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, rack up the wins against the Pacific Division. Darren Millard here in Studio 31 at City National Arena on the television side tonight. Ryan Wallace has the radio pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas at 6 o'clock in one hour's time. He's over at the Parkway Tavern Volunteer Road uh, watching uh, the game, taking everything in there as the Golden Knights uh, aim to extend their winning streak to four games, which would be one off the season high for the longest run in the right direction. And there's a good chance, based on the numbers produced so far this season, that this will continue. The Seattle Racket, Kraken have the worst record against a division in the Pacific mm-hmm. of anybody. Mm-hmm. They just struggle inside their own loop. And the Vegas Golden Knights love the Pacific Division, and they're in a stretch of six uh, of seven uh, inside their own loop. So this uh, looks like it's coming together at the right time for Vegas. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for the Golden Knights to, to keep the win streak going, to keep banking points. And it's an opponent that you you have to have a lot of confidence going up against. You're 3-0 right now against the Seattle Kraken this year. You have the opportunity, the potential of going for a clean sweep. And for the Golden Knights, you, you, you know what the Kraken are going to throw your way. You know what to do defensively to shut them down. Uh, and you, you know that with veterans back in the blue line for the Vegas Golden Knights, that, that you've got the horses to do it. A year ago... And I'm going to go into this whole scenario where you're playing the same team consecutively in the same building. That's what the Vegas Golden Knights are doing uh, tonight as they face the Seattle Kraken in back-to-back games at Climate Pledge Arena. It's a throwback to last year is what it is. And some guys really like that schedule. And I've heard several players uh, reach out and say, can we go and, and have a little bit more of this? And, and try to ease the travel and the uh, wear and tear. Uh, players loved yesterday going out from the Vegas Golden Knights and, and tooling around Seattle and getting to, to know the city. Certainly haven't been there before, uh, so uh, so that's an opportunity to, to visit uh, Pike's uh, Market and and also go over to the Gum Wall. Uh, the Gum Wall is where mm. you chew your gum and you stick nice. it on the wall uh, in Seattle. They actually, uh, it started way back when, but they cleaned it. They took all the gum off oh, a couple oh, of years ago. And then people just went back and put the gum back on the wall. And there's love there a gum like, wall. Yeah, there was 20 years of gum yeah. on this wall, and then they cleaned it off. But it, uh, it's back uh, that going. That gum in. could talk. <laughs> I know, totally. There's something to chew on for a while for you. Uh, the so the Golden Knights uh, <laughs> against the, uh, the the Seattle Kraken, and, and and where you're where you're looking at this two game set is a year ago, uh, Vegas won Game One of a series 17 times. 
That's that's awesome. Yeah. They followed it up with a second win on a dozen occasions. Yeah. That's 70% of the time where Vegas capitalized on the first win by winning the second game. That's what they're trying to do right now. And Pete is very upfront saying it's really hard to beat the same team back-to-back in the same building in this type of scenario and why you don't see it a lot in college hockey because one team's usually feeling good about themselves, maybe a little bit too much, and the other team uh, has uh, has a bit of a chip on its shoulder coming back. But, but what Vegas was able to do in winning that second game and capitalizing on the sweep 70% of the time last year, I think bodes well for tonight. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Pete DeBoer said kind of the same things last year too, right? He talked about how uh, how difficult it is to, to come in, get a sweep, and the Golden Knights were really, really good at finding it, and they were really good against teams that, that they had, you know, had the number of. And, and right now um, – it's a challenge for sure. I'm, I'm really, really interested in this game from the perspective of what do you see from the Seattle Kraken that's different in attacking Logan Thompson uh, that they didn't do or weren't able to execute on from Wednesday? Are there different wrinkles, different looks, or are they kind of going to the same areas that they tried to beat Logan on Wednesday, just trusting in, in maybe that process? And, you know, by, by the same token for me, I'm curious to see logan thompson and if he can be better after a second go around with the same team in seattle he was great against nashville the second time around i wonder how that's going to translate here tonight in back-to-back games against the same team i don't know how much it really matters or plays into it Mm -hmm. to be honest in a playoff series for sure and will there be a pre-scout and the players be more familiar with logan uh on that seattle side yes of course, they saw him. But I don't think anybody's changing uh, game plans or putting in different approaches, wrinkles, in the Seattle side uh, to counter anything Logan Thompson does. Uh, if you're maybe you're a player that had uh, a couple of good looks, you might think of it that way uh, on yourself. But uh, from a team perspective, I don't know because – they probably thought that Robin Leonard was was going to be going back in them, themselves. So yeah, I, it, it's a it'll be interesting to watch if there are a, a couple of options. Like Logan's glove was was awesome the other night, and he's yeah. got some swagger with that yeah. glove. Like he just he, he can make take the, uh, the the simplest shot, and he just the way he snaps it down, like he doesn't he he, he doesn't make it look um, there's flair. Yeah, yeah. I, he's not deliberate with it. That's for sure. Uh, there's, there's just uh, a, a little bit of uh, spice to it. Sure. So that, do they stay away from that? Do they throw more pucks uh, to the blocker? Do they try and get the puck uh, a little bit more east-west? Uh, Logan Thompson's an aggressive goaltender. Can you wait him out uh, a, a little bit? One of his his biggest strengths is, and I, I go back to the Nashville game is he I think he's completely surprised Philip Forsberg uh, on a chance when he came charging out of the net and in a slot opportunity for Philip Forsberg that might be one where you can you can dial it uh, into your memory banks and think uh, next time maybe I, I make a move there instead of uh, firing the puck but uh, I don't think that there's a, a big huge pre-scout and there's there's not a ton of I don't know how much 
work you need for a body of work uh, to be to be really pre-scouted by by somebody else so i think the uh the the level of uh what the seattle kraken can really dig into uh isn't really there either and it's it's not to suggest that i i think that there's a book that that is written right now on logan thompson and how to beat him or anything like that but when you look at the, the game against Chicago, and specifically Alex Dabrinkit, Dabrinkit essentially tried to go short side, high yep. blocker from steep angles. Did you not think Seattle tried that too? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. That, that's why I bring it up. I'm, I'm curious to see if Seattle tries to shade more toward the blocker uh, than they did in, on, in Wednesday's game because they tried. It wasn't really there early. There were some plays, but more or less, Logan Thompson – his glove was very active. I, I just I wonder if Seattle's trying to throw more pucks to his blocker side in this game than they did on Wednesday. And following up success is is a challenge. It's hard. Uh, I use the analogy all the time. Uh, you shoot a 63 on the PGA Tour. What do you come back with? It's tough to break 65, go lower than that, uh, two rounds in a row. But you try to to at least put together a really solid round uh, a shutout would be a lot to ask of logan thompson in back-to-back games but does he continue to make the saves that he should he was great against nashville and that was coming off the the back-to-back losses uh, on the road against minnesota and winnipeg in which very solid against chicago he made all the saves that he should and then a couple of timely big saves and the other night, incredibly solid in the first period. Like, they were being pressured in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. And after that, he got beat by the one that was offside. But the, the Vegas Golden Knights protected the house as well as we've seen in the last dozen games. In fact, it was the, the fewest shots on goal that they allowed and, uh, since that game that Robin Leonard got hurt in. Uh, against Philadelphia when they, they surrendered 21 shots. Uh, so they, with those six defensemen back in the lineup and Logan Thompson following up a good game and just trying to be solid, uh, I, I expect uh, a pretty good performance tonight. Not, not a shutout, but I, I think his job is made easier and the, the challenge of following this up tonight is made easier by uh, Martinez being his third game back and McNabb being his second and having a full NHL blue line back there. You know, it, it, your your kind of line of, of reasoning there reminds me of a conversation that we had earlier in the year with Brian McCormick where I, I, I asked him about the progression for Logan Thompson this season because your numbers are, are not going to be where they were last year. Last year in the AHL, that run that Logan Thompson was on was phenomenal. And how do you kind of judge what the, the continued rate of progression is if, you know, you, you distill everything down and, and the numbers aren't where they are. And, and it's it's not to suggest that numbers are the most important thing or it's not to say that Logan Thompson has to follow up Wednesday's game with another shutout. It's just you've got to do and be what you need to be at this level. And that is as a goaltender, a starting goaltender, Logan Thompson's job is to go out there, make the saves he's supposed to make, maybe make a save or two that he's not supposed to make, and be the reason that his team has a chance to win. And as long as he's doing that, that's how you define success. I, I think right now it's it's not so much about 
whether or not Logan's able to shut everything down for the rest of the year. It's just your next game, your next outing, give your team a chance to win. Make the saves you're supposed to make. Maybe give us one or two of those extra saves that maybe you're not supposed to make, but you, you need in those moments when you're in a playoff hunt down the stretch, and that's how you define what his success is going to be from here on out. Vegas, with uh, all these uh, wins against the Pacific Division, they're, they're clipping along at a 7-11 winning percentage this year, 13-5-1. and one. That's, that's by far and away. Mm-hmm the best record against any loop in the National Hockey League. Uh, next best is against the Atlantic, where they're three games above 500, and the other two, they're, they're slightly below. The, the Central, uh, one game uh, under, and the Metropolitan, uh, a game below break even. This six games in seven nights against the Pacific Division, and the other game, the one that's not, is up against the Arizona Coyotes, critical to make hay. Because then you, you go back into... A little bit against the central division and that's that's going to be uh uh something that you you're going to have to fight through and you'd rather not fight through it with your season on the line yeah it, we've we've talked about how important this two-week stretch is for the vegas golden knights and they have have started it off on the right foot but the fact of the matter is it's just about putting those wins in the column, and, and you, you talked about how, how well they've played against the Pacific Division. That's going to have to be the thing that really catapults them here down the stretch. Um, and again, as I've brought it up, when it comes to the Vancouver Canucks, um, and, and I know I'm looking ahead to the next opponent of the Vegas Golden Knights beyond this game here, but when it comes to Vancouver, uh, you can end their hopes for yep. the playoffs. You can make that one less team you've got to worry about if you're the Vegas Golden Knights while also catapulting you and pushing you toward what your goal is of putting pressure on the teams ahead of you. So those those games against Vancouver, uh, first one on Sunday, they're going to be massive. They play Vancouver Sunday, then Wednesday, yep. and the next Tuesday. Yep. Sunday and the next Tuesday, uh, the 12th, are both in Vancouver, and next Wednesday is at T-Mobile Arena. That's a strange setup, uh, given mm-hmm. that you're facing Seattle in back-to-back games and then uh, then these games. And, and these weren't games that were moved around. It's it's naturally uh, this the organic schedule that uh, that they came up with. But uh, but Vancouver, that that game on Sunday, and it they're feeling the heat there. Now, look at us. We're looking ahead. We're allowed to do this. The, the the Golden Knights by no means are, are are looking ahead. They've been really good about trying to keep things uh, right between uh, uh, the the blinders and and going forward on this type of situation. But Vancouver, uh, they've got uh, a couple of days off before that game on Sunday. Uh, they uh, they'll have three days between games. Vegas will have one, uh, so maybe they can try and settle things down but uh, but you're right their season is uh, squarely on the line right now desperation they're six points out of a playoff spot vegas is one uh, and uh, you can you can know exactly like everybody knows feel it right now mm-hmm. put your hand to your chest and go uh i know the uh, adversity and uh where the golden knights nervousness is uh with the fan base on making this playoff run they're a point out they were a point in yesterday. They were a point out the day before. They've gone back and forth with the Dallas Stars, and we know every point counts. And now go to the Vancouver Canucks, and they're six out. And you realize that uh, they may not afford, uh, can may not be able to afford one more loss. 
that's on Sunday. If, if Vegas can go into that game as the team that, that Vancouver's chasing, uh, gives you just a little bit more swagger, uh, a little bit more opportunity. Uh, did you? We, we talked yesterday about uh, Jack Eichel taking a couple more face-offs uh, on the Wednesday game than yep. he did against the Chicago Blackhawks and then uh, certainly uh, the, the game against the, the Nashville Predators, starting to see uh, a little bit more out of him. I, I'm... It's it's funny how the lines have worked uh, with with what's going on. Like Jack and Chandler were together for a while, and then they got split up. The mm-hmm. uh, Donoff was with Jack for a while, and then he got taken off. He like nothing was nothing was working there, uh, and because of everything that's that's happening with the lineup, uh, Pete DeBoer's gone back to them and looks like there's a, a bit of chemistry on the top two lines: the Carlson, Marcia, so Amadio. Uh, unit connected for a goal, and Marcheseau had a, another multi-point game the other night. And this Stevenson, Jack Eichel, the Donov unit, there seems to be something there. I, I yeah, you're you're right. It, there is. Um, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with Jack getting more and more comfortable and, and understanding the tendencies of the players that he's working with, that he's playing with. Uh, there's there's I think a a calibration process would probably be the best way that I could put it of, of the players around Jack and understanding where he wants the puck, how he wants to play. Um, and then Jack being able to feed off of those guys. I love the speed of Chandler Stevenson because he can keep up with Jack Eichel. And then you have the finish ability of uh, Evgeny Dodonov and those guys seem to have things kind of figured out as far as Michael Amadio. Um, he's got skill. We've talked about his skill in, in the context of that's the type of stuff you want to have uh, in a depth role on your fourth line when he's in the lineup. He, he can make some plays in the offensive zone. He's going he's gonna to go straight line. He's going to take care of the puck. And, you know, right now you, you have more skill there on the wing with William Carlson and, and Jonathan Marcheseau. And I think that those three players are starting to understand where uh, where they need to be, and, and Michael Amadio starting to understand where he needs to get the pucks uh, to in order to find success with that line. How much would it mean to this Vegas Golden Knights team to have William Carlson go off in the final 13? Uh, they need it. Like, there's no real, like, without an understanding of when Max Pacioretty or Mark Stone or Riley Smith might come back into the lineup, like, uh, you, you need William Carlson not to be a 43-goal wild bill, but you need him to be like 22, 25-goal pace uh, William Carlson down the stretch because it, you're, you're looking to win games 2-1 to one or 3-2 to two here. Uh, you're you're going to need some goals. You're going to need some production. And, you know, for William Carlson, he, he's, he's going to have to be a guy that you can lean on down the stretch here. Uh, I'm a softie. I'm the one that takes the pressure off people by and large yeah uh i i find all kinds of reasoning uh to to alleviate pressure from players i don't like to be that person but when it comes to william carlson it's time and he's had some unbelievably open looks and the puck's just uh, going off a stick or he's had opportunities to to shoot and the goaltenders made some saves so I, I like that part, but when it comes to sticking the puck in the net, uh, he's it, it's it's now. Like, there's no other wiggle room here. There's there's no other. Okay, uh, maybe he can get it going. He can have a good middle section of the season or a good second half. Uh, we're out of runway here. 
and he's got nine goals. Uh, last year he had 14, which was uh, basically the same as, uh, as the season before, and he, uh, they only played 56 games last year. So you're, you're looking at a 25-26 goal pace uh, a year ago. Uh, before that it was 24 and 43. Now, is he a 43-goal scorer? No. no. Nobody, nobody ever, as soon as he scored all those goals that year, uh, we all said that's that's not William Carlson's uh, pace. He's not right. going to put together three or five seasons at 40-plus goals. But 24 is certainly in his wheelhouse, and that's what last year was uh, for him. So that would make two of the last uh, three years or three of the last four where he was on that type of pace, where he scored 24 or more goals. Nine, nine can't happen. And he's he missed a, a bunch of games, but he can certainly make the nine a forgettable stat if he goes on some kind of heater in the final thirteen. It'd be nice, and and again, it's you know it, it's tough, right? Because we we talk about William Carlson, and we understand and recognize how much he needs to produce offensively. Uh, knowing full well that he is 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 this team's backbone up front defensively and and that carries weight but when you don't have the firepower in the lineup that the golden knights don't have in the yeah. lineup and mark stone and max patch uh i need more out of william carlson and and even if that's at the expense of a little bit of defense you need him to find the back of the net you need him to get that confidence level going with his with his offensive game because it, you can't rely on just Jonathan Marcheseau, just Jack Eichel and Evgeny Dodonov. Like you, you need your second line center and William Carlson to step up and go on a run. You do. And I, I don't think that there should be any cheating or sacrificing of the defensive side uh, because he is he's just so dominant on the on the other side of the puck. Uh, but he's proven that he can do both. Yeah. And he's proven that uh that he can be an excellent top line uh, scorer uh, in in the National Hockey League, but when we we've had that debate, right? Uh, it's who is the the Golden Knights' number one line? The Misfits were the number one line, and then Patrick and Stone came in, and they became the number one line. Stevenson fit in with them, and uh, and they became the bona fide top unit. And you could see that uh, with with how the power play uh, minutes were distributed. Stone, Pacioretty uh, on the number one line. Marsh so uh, fitting in with, with them. But y- you knew where the hierarchy was. Yeah. There were still some that said, okay, we've got two number one. We've got a 1A and a 1B. Well, if, if you're going to be the 1B, then you got to score and, and be in, the, in that same contention. Like Chandler Stevenson, the biggest knock on, on the Golden Knights last year and coming into this year, if everybody said, okay, what, what's, what's the one flaw? Where, where can you take advantage of Vegas? Where, what's the biggest concern? It was depth at center. Yeah. And was Chandler Stevenson uh, a number one center, good enough to be carry that mantle as a number one center? Well, he's answered that. Sure. Yeah. And then some. And not and and not just because uh, he's he's been able to get as much out of Patchetti and Stone over the last two and a half years, but also his production when those two haven't been in the lineup and producing points. Stevenson's 
knocking on the door of 20 goals right now. He's over 50 points. For three quarters of this season, he was the lead, team's leading point producer. That, Those are numbers that you would expect at a minimum from William Carlson when he's on top of his game and he's feeling good. That can William Carlson, he's not going to catch Chandler Stevenson in points, but if, if Chandler Stevenson was being questioned about whether he's uh, on the offensive side uh, good enough to be the number one center, well, uh, you, you got to ask the same questions about about Bill right now, and mm-hmm. and this is the opportunity for Bill, uh, I think, to really s- step in and and grab the team and lead this team uh, down the stretch and and score some not one or two goals, but a handful of goals and big goals at the same time. So what does that look like? So you're looking at 13 games left. How many goals are you looking for on a run from William Carlson to maybe change the narrative? From four to five. Four to five? Yeah. Big, I, go, big goals and, I, and four to five. And we've, we know he can do it. Like, would you be surprised if he did? No. <laughs> but, but based on this season, yeah. There's, yeah. there's not the, the evidence that he's ready to go. I will I will loop this back to the to the start like he's had open nets yeah. where pucks just haven't gone for him and i don't know how they haven't gone for him uh but that's that's the part that gives me confidence that uh that he's playing better and i think we've seen him play better lately uh certainly encouraged uh by by the level of his play i just want to see him finish a little more and with 13 games to go uh and the way like the, is is Patrick come go through the injured guys? Patrick Howden, mm-hmm. Stone, mm-hmm. Uh, Pacioretty. Who knows? Like who knows when yeah. when any of them are coming back? Legitimately, uh, four to five is conservative. I don't know that that I'd put that as a run. I, I think he's got to like go seven to ten. Legitimately, I I truly believe that. Like if if you can get a run out of William Carlson. That's looking like seven goals at minimum over the final 13 games. That's a lot. I, I get it. I do. But to, to erase kind of the, the idea or the, the narrative surrounding William this season in the production and the lack of production, I, I think he's got to go off. And when I say off, I mean legitimately off. But four or five to me is too, too low a number to, to kind of change things. And Amadio scores the other night. That's great. Like it's 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 awesome because in the, Bill's got a, a a part to play in that, mm-hmm. uh, so there are there is a contribution in in those types of of plays, and there's little signs that you're getting there, but with 13 games to go and you're a point out of the playoffs, where do you get more? Where's there room for somebody to really go? Chandler Stevenson. I think you're you're borderline maxing out there. Jack Eichel, he's getting better, but um, I'm not sure that uh, like he could go on a heater. Uh, but he's still getting his feet wet. He's going to end up playing 20, 30 games, uh, 25, 30 games uh, this year. Um, the Donov, I think you're you're he's gone on his heater, yeah. and and you, you hope it continues. Marcia So's uh, been great. He's this team's MVP offensively uh, this season. Where 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 do you where do you get more out of this forward core? The obvious place to get more 
is William Carlson. Does he give it to you? Uh, so I, I think you can really be positive that there's room there mm-hmm. for him to to go on on a big kind of role. We just you you hope it actually comes to fruition. Yeah, you're going to need it down the stretch, and, uh, and that again that that's even if you get healthier, you're still going to need William Carlson to factor in for this team. Um, Full lineup or or depleted lineup, he he's got to be one of the guys you lean on that in that. But I don't want him going minus three because he's he's cheating, because that that's a lose lose scenario. Sure. But the the odd time, yeah, break the zone uh, a little bit, blow the zone, eh, wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind it. Uh, when we come back, we've got one timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, big goal last night, and we'll update the uh, schedule as far as it relates to the Vegas Golden Knights and what you should be watching for tonight. Uh, One-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas next. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee. Let's get into it and congratulate Austin Matthews, first player to hit the 50-goal mark in the National Hockey League this season, and he did it in a convincing comeback victory last night by the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Winnipeg Jets. He scored into an empty net to uh, salt the game away, and the crowd went wild, and it did. Like it, it was an amazing atmosphere uh, up there at Scotiabank Arena. I can't believe Chapman didn't uh, have this as the play of the day. Well, he it, wanted to. I, I actually thought about it, but because it was an empty net goal. Why would, why would you think about it? Well, because it's significant, 50 goals, but it was an empty it's net. It's an empty net goal. Yeah, Chapman. so that's why I I thought the... Uh, no thinking necessary. No, the Aho thing the was Aho better. Thing was so much better. Yeah. If without the Aho, I would have gone with the empty netter. Yeah. Because it's know. fifty. It's fifty goals, and I lived through when thirty goals was the fifty <laughs> goals. So any any time fifty goals, I'm I'm in. I don't care how you score it. Yeah. Yeah. So the Rick Five holds the record for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, most goals in a single season, fifty-four. Yeah. Uh, he's, he broke uh, 50 a uh, few times with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know Rick a little bit, so I can say this. Uh, uh, like Rick's very proud of that record. Very proud of that record. He was quoted this week saying, and he, was, and he was really trying to say all the right things. Sure, yeah. But I know. He's like, eh, you know, you, records are made to be broken, and uh, you're proud of your record, but uh, like somebody's always going to come on and, and break it. You don't hope that somebody breaks your record, but... Somebody, somebody might, and then it'd be good. Like, in the back of his mind, he, and he couldn't help but just dropping that little inflection where kind of hope I keep the record and it, and it stays intact. And uh-huh. I'm still the guy with the most goals in a single season uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I don't know whether he, he doesn't or, or not. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl's uh, also there for the uh, Rocket Richard Trophy. It's an incredible race for the Rocket Richard. Uh, with all these guys, NHL.com, uh, the NHL Twitter handle, uh, at NHL, put out this great graph today. Did you guys see it? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I moving did. graph, and yep. in, in real time, yep. who was leading the league in goals. Yep. And it had, I think, six six players up there. 
and it, it was awesome. So a while for a while, uh, Drysaddle had this big surge, and he was in front, and then Matthews came back, and Kyle Connor had a nice little run Ovechkin. It was really neat. Uh, subscribe and follow at NHL on Twitter and look it up, uh, and I'll try and find it and retweet it. But it was it was a pretty cool thing. Do you have a rooting interest between Dreisaitl and Austin Matthews on who, on who wins the Rocket? Everybody's yeah. like yeah. kind of gravitates towards somebody. Austin. Yeah. yeah. yeah what about you, Chapman? I'll go with the German Gretzky. No. Oh, I, I don't mind that uh, that call. Oh, we've got uh, some <laughs> some some injury uh, news to tell you about. Oh, Jack Campbell going to be back for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, this is not a segment uh, built around the Toronto Should, Maple Leafs. But I want those to, to tie those two together. Before you go on to the next thought. Do, do you do you legitimately believe that Austin Matthews isn't going to score five more goals the rest of the season? I don't know. What? He's gone through he's gone through stretches where he hasn't scored more there, than five goals. In there, a, in he's a got like forty-four goals. In I know he's forty-six games. This this has as, been as far as an unbelievable stretch goals. for him too. Yeah. And it's not like they don't have players that, that are going to be setting them up. Oh man, I I feel like I want to make a bet here. Mm. So Keith Yandel has the Ironman streak in the National <laughs> Hockey League. 989 games. Yeah. He was sick this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, practiced uh, practiced today. They haven't decided whether he's going to play tomorrow night. Now, this is this is not a coach's decision from the sounds of it that, that Yandel's battling something. He did practice today. It's a no-brainer that he plays, right? I think if he's healthy enough to play, he'll play. I, I would even I, mean, I would make the argument you don't get the the number of games that Keith Yandel has played consecutively without playing through something. So, um, yeah, I think he'll play. Um, you know, listen, you're you're probably not going to scratch a guy or healthy scratch a guy when you're playing for the Philadelphia Flyers with you know a handful of games left. It, it just doesn't really make any sense there. Uh, on the games that are on the ice tonight, we're keeping an eye on the Nashville Predators and the Buffalo Sabres. Nashville is the first wildcard team in the West. Uh, they have 82 points, four better than the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Facing the Buffalo Sabres, you think, no brainer. Predators got this. Except, Buffalo's played a lot better since Christmas. Yeah. And the second part is mm-hmm. tonight is Rick Jenneret night. Yep. In Buffalo, longtime Hall of Fame broadcaster with the Buffalo Sabers, and the best way to, to sum up Rick's career uh, is somebody posted that Rick should talk about the sweaters tonight. And then why why would you talk about the jerseys? Well, he's seen all of the different sweaters, and they said there should be all the different Buffalo Saber versions, sweater versions in in representation tonight uh, in, in Buffalo. And I thought that's that's pretty cool because he's broadcast all of them. Yeah. Uh, all of the games. So he's one of the more entertaining uh, guys. Uh, I love, uh, love our RJ. And uh, you could hear. And so they've got a sellout tonight. Their only sellout of the year in Buffalo is on Rick Jenner at night uh, in which they honored him uh, prior to face off this evening. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I... <laughs> Listen, I, I love Rick Jenneret. I, I think that his calls were just always entertaining, always fun. I've got a ton of time for Rick Jenneret and what he means to, to that community. Obviously, 
everybody knows my wife is from Buffalo. Her family's all from Buffalo. They grew up listening to Rick Jenneret, and so I've got a lot of time for it. You know, you look at it from a Golden Knights perspective, you hope that the Buffalo Sabres win, but uh, I hope the Sabres get it done on Rick Jenneret night because that's fitting. Well, so far, so good. 4-3 Buffalo in the in the second period, after the second period, just concluded there. So that's positive. Maybe get uh, maybe get a little help. Wouldn't that be cool? Get within uh, a couple of points uh, of them. The Oilers and the Blues go at it uh, in Edmonton tonight. Uh, the Blues and the Oilers, almost uh, like similar records. One win difference between the two of them. But the, the bonus point, it's crazy how much the bonus point in overtime or a shootout can sway whether or not you're having a good season or a bad season. Yeah. Like St. Louis... You look, they're they're in, they should make the playoffs. They've had a very outside of a blip from uh, Jordan Bennington. They've had a really good season, and and Edmonton's been up and down and up and down. Listen, uh, <laughs> Mike Smith's going to start for the Oilers. Here's, in that here's game. my here. You you bring up okay. You bring up the the bonus points, um, and and I can't get it out of my head that that the point system in the NHL is broken and and like I'm not going to get into it completely but um, just adopt a 3-2-1-0 point system well, like, can, it's can, just, we stop, can we stop doing this thing where I don't think it's no, broken it is you just broken. you just get no, the game broken. to overtime more and and that's it, quite it, frankly that's one of the areas that that Vegas has has not done enough of it absolutely makes zero sense that some games have more points awarded than other games. Every mm-hmm. single game, every single regulation game that you play, every every single one should have the exact same amount of points that are awarded whether a team wins in regulation or whether a team wins in, in overtime or a shootout and a team loses in overtime or a shootout. It just, it, it just doesn't make any sense, hmm. logically Rom- speaking. Roman Yossi is your first star of the month. We've already given him the Norris Trophy. <laughs> Johnny Gaudreau is your second star in the mix for the MVP. And Sergei Bobrovsky. How about this one? Mm. A league best 11-2-1. We didn't see him uh, when he rolled through here. He was banged up and, and was only backing up uh, Spencer Knight. But, boy, if, if Florida ever gets him going at the right time, that could be... Uh, that team could go from not winning a playoff round since 1996 to a deep playoff run. And that would – do you have to lose before you win? Well, Florida lost a tough series last year. Was that enough of the lesson, or do you, do you need a couple more? I don't know. But they it's set up for Florida right now. That division, you've got two really difficult tasks going in the first two rounds though yeah i mean you'll, you'll be battle tested if you come out of there for yeah. sure um i don't know like do you have to do you have to lose before you can win maybe but you know most golden, do the golden knights hadn't won any playoff series and then they went to the stanley cup final their first go around so the florida panthers they're a juggernaut this year and they've got goaltending that at times can be elite or best in the league so it'll we'll see it'll be interesting uh, Spencer Knight was the third guy last year. He'll be the second guy uh, this time around. Those are your one-timers. They're presented by Paul Powell. Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs>
When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Well, Christopher. Hi, Darren. Uh, So, World Cup draw this morning. We know who Canada will be playing. We know who the United States will be playing, sort of. Um, Canada, you know, I... I, Explain that. Well, the United States is in Group B with England, Republic of Iran, and they will get the winner of a playoff that has yet to be played. We know Wales is one of the teams that is in that playoff. Uh, The other side of that is Scotland against Ukraine. That had been pushed back until... Uh, June, obviously, because of the situation in Ukraine. So the United States will have one of those teams in their group. And to be perfectly honest, I actually think the U.S. could have done a lot worse. I think it's a fairly manageable group for the United States. Not saying they're going to get through because I do think Wales will win that playoff and they have a very, very good team. One of the best players in the world in Gareth Bale. England, of course, no pushover. Although the United States has played them twice in the history of the World Cup. They drew one, and they actually beat them once. Of course, that was a really, really long time ago. But uh, for Canada, I think it's also not the worst-case scenario. They were one of the lower-seeded teams in the tournament, and they actually have, I'd say, Belgium, who consistently underwhelm in major international competitions, Morocco, who I think Canada will beat, and Croatia, who, despite being a finalist just uh, four years ago, yeah, they're they're much older. They they have aged quite a bit. Their best players are all on the wrong side of thirty. So well, they don't put new players in every well, year. Like, you got, like England must be super old then. Well, no, I mean, you, you, no wonder Italy didn't qualify. <laughs> if you're not yeah. allowed to put in well, younger players, the the unfortunate thing for Croatia is their younger players just don't quite have the experience that their older players do, and their older players are all, as I mentioned, on the wrong side of thirty. So Chapman? can I ask you a question? Sure. Why does like the United Kingdom? go to the Olympics as team Great Britain. But in like soccer, the World Cup of Soccer, they're split up into like five different clubs. I wish I had an answer for that. I, I do not know. I have a question. W- wouldn't you think you'd be better if you combined everybody? I think they would be. But I think there's also a lot of, uh, well... Pride. Pride and rivalry, especially. So why do you go to the Olympics as Team GB? Well, because I don't think the Olympics mean as much to people in Scotland and Wales as as soccer does. It's like two sets of rules. (laughs) I think that's an accurate statement. Chapman, I have a question. Sure. How how do you do the draw? Is Is it literally just chance? Well, they have specific rules. Like two teams from the same confederation outside of Europe cannot end up in the same draw, meaning the United States and Mexico... They're both CONCACAF teams. They could not end up in the same pool together. Uh, But because there's 13 teams from Europe and there's only eight groups, obviously you're going to get groups where there are two European teams like Group D, France, Denmark. Yeah. Uh, Follow-up question? Sure. How do you do this? They literally have... No, 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 no. How do you as a soccer fan do this? Because I don't understand. Oh, it's, the, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I've come around to it, too. I, I don't get it. When you, when, you, when you get older, you'll, you'll come around yeah. to it. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> and they put Idris Elba on TV this morning, which made my wife very happy. He's Knuckles, man. Uh, she, she enjoys Idris Elba. We got, uh, we got a good one coming your way. Seattle, Vegas. Vegas trying to run the table. Win all four. Logan Thompson going back in goal. Can they keep it running in the right direction? Pre-game show is coming up with Ryan Wallace. And then it's the game, Dan Duva and Darren Elliott at 7 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas.